Hello, welcome to jasonnewland.com. My name's Jason Newland. This is Let Me Bore You to Sleep. Please only listen when you can safely close your eyes. Um. <sighs> So I'm actually recording this in the daytime, well it's late afternoon, which is very unusual for me. So there may be some background sounds, there isn't at the moment, there might be, you never know when somebody's going to start. Talking in the garden, or you know, something like that. I mean, it's a very beautiful summer's day out there. I've not been outside um, yet. So, but you know, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a recording. So, here we are. So, I hope you're all well. And uh, I thought I'd uh, read some read some diary entries from my past. Uh, I suppose I can't do them from the future, can I? But I thought I'd just do that. Got some old diaries and I just read them read a few little bits out just to while away the next hour and you can just dwiddle off to to sleep if you choose and I suppose the very least the the with these recordings the very least is it's a distraction from maybe your own mind, your own jitter chatter, if that's what's going on. Yet before we continue, I think it'd be lovely to thank your mind. For being able to be active and to be able to think. Because it's an amazing thing. Even if it is sometimes, you know, at the wrong time. But it's great that we have brains. And that we can be mentally active. Because it's a, it's a gift, you know. So... Think we should I'm going to do it as well not really I'm going to let you do it and I'm going to pretend to do it no I am I'm going to do it I'm going to say thank you so I want to thank my brain so maybe you can say the same words or 
you don't have to do anything, it's up to you. But I want to thank my brain for all that you do. Which includes keeping me alive. That's no little thing, is it? So I'd like to thank my brain for everything you do, including keeping me alive. And allowing me to sleep peacefully. I'd like to thank you for allowing my mind to slow down when it's time for me to go to sleep. So when I lay down in bed, thank you for allowing my mind to slow down. And please, can you allow my mind to slow down even more? Thank you. And I love you. Because without you, my brain, without my brain, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to do anything. I wouldn't be able to breathe. I wouldn't be able to have a heart. My heart wouldn't beat. Nothing would happen. So my brain's very important. In fact, you could say I'm rather attached. Very dependent. Now, I don't expect you to say all of those words because that's a lot. But I don't expect you to say any of them. It's up to you. I thought it would be quite nice to have a little bit of... uh... See, that's not even positivity. That's reality, I think, in my mind. That's actually... Everything I said there is true. We need our brains. The brain seems to, it's almost like it's oxygen. You know, it's the air. We can't see the air. So we just take it for granted and just, you know, we don't say thank you for every breath, do we? Which would be, it'd be nice now and then, I suppose, it would be a bit tedious. Thank you. Especially if you're in the middle of a conversation with someone. Thank you for that breath. So yeah, uh, do you take this bride, this woman to be your husband? Thank you very much for that breath. And do you, uh, husband, take this bride to be your husband? Thank you very much for that breath. And, uh, you know, yes, it would be a little bit tedious, but I think maybe our brain, we just, because it's there, it's always been there, we can't see it. <clears throat> Many other people can see it in a s- certain situations, but you know, we can't see our own brain.
yet we depend on it completely. Yeah, we sort of make out, no, it's my heart, it's my lungs. Without your brain, none of that stuff works. The only way they keep people alive in hospital is on ventilators, like literally pumping the air in and doing all that stuff. When the brain stops working, that's it. So the brain is everything. So yeah, I think it would be nice to say thank you to our brains. But also, ask. You can ask stuff, you know. know, There's a whole thing about, you know, ask the universe or pray and stuff like that. Different sort of ways of asking for what you want from different places. The invisible places that it may or may not exist, you know. You know that your brain exists. And your brain can give you what you need. And I'm not talking about getting rich. I'm talking about feelings and healing and sleeping and recovering from injury I mean the healing things happens on its own our bodies heal naturally because of the brain and I realised that this is the completely wrong recording to be talking about this (laughs) so I'll stop but You know, I know I mess around, I joke around and stuff with these sleep sessions, but one way to get some sleep is actually to ask your brain. Just say thank you to your brain. Say, will you please, can you allow my mind to slow down? When I lay down and my head touches the pillow, please can you allow my mind to slow down and allow me to just drift to sleep. And I've got this thing, you know, with, um, I know with hypnosis, especially like old style, it's like you tell, you kind of command what you want. I like the gentle, the gentle way of doing things. I'd rather treat my brain the way I would a a waitress in a restaurant or a nurse or a doctor or, you know, someone who's helping you, someone who's doing something for you, being nice to them, oh please, please can you help me, but nicely rather than help me, do this now, or just commanding, like you're talking to a child, 
Well, we're the children. The brain is the adult in this scenario. The brain is the clever one compared to us. Because the brain is us. Without us, without the brain, there is no us. So I like the idea of just being gentle and saying, just ask and say these words to yourself internally. And actually, in the same way that someone may do prayer, but you're asking your brain. And this is a direct communication with something that physically is provable. It's physically there. You know there's a brain in your head. You know, you know, there's no question about that. So it doesn't take a lot of faith to have faith in something that you know 1,000 million percent exists and does have control over everything that happens in our body. It controls pain levels, relaxation levels, ability to sleep, digestion, appetite, all that stuff. You know, it's, it's a very highly, it's an amazing, amazing, uh, I don't use the word machine, but you know, So, you know, just I get a few people now and then say to me, oh, I like listening to you, but, you know, you, you're too interesting. Which sounds like a joke, but... Well, I do do other sleep sessions. I mean, my intention when I started doing these recordings was to help people to get to sleep. Uh, they've evolved or devolved, I don't know what the right word is, into something, I don't even know what they are now, but it's different to what they were supposed to be when I first started. And But they're also more popular than they, they were. These, well, all my recordings are. So, yeah, so when it comes to sleeping, maybe... 401 recordings I've done on this, you know, on the Let Me Boy to Sleep. If, you know, if if they're not getting you to sleep and that's uh, and that's what you really need, I would suggest my sleep podcasts, uh, where either the deep sleep ones, weekly sleep hypnosis, uh, long relaxation sessions as well. They're really good for falling asleep. Um, and they're on the Relaxation for Stress and Anxiety podcast. So there's different ways to get the same result. That's kind of what I'm saying. If I don't, I don't like the idea that if someone's listening to me and this not being able to get to sleep if that's the the sole reason that they're listening because this is a sleep podcast 
however, I know from lots of correspondence that this that's not the main reason a lot of people listen. It can be company, it can be friendly voice. Uh, it's, it's a kind of a regularity because I do the most days. Um, I suppose having a constant, I'm kind of constantly annoying, maybe. Uh, You know, some people get different things out of these particular recordings. But, you know, I do just want to let everyone know that there are other things that you can use that I do, which are very much focused on sleep. Bloody pigeon. Damn pigeon. That's a problem with doing stuff during the day. There's no way of knowing what what noises and sounds are going to kind of pop up. People slamming doors, people, you know, cars driving past or parking kids screaming in the street, you know, just general things. Dinosaurs chasing the kids, screaming in the street. So, you know, it's a bit of a... kind of a bit of a potluck situation, I think. It's... I suppose like a blind date, I guess, really. been on a few blind dates yeah I don't I don't recommend them no I remember years years ago back in 2000 back in 2000 there was a whole thing about the when the millennium came in that it was going to be a virus. Let's not talk about viruses, but you know, it's going to be a like an electronic virus, which was going to melt the whole technological framework with on which we all depend. You know, uh, I think it was D Day bug or something. Anyway, it didn't happen. But what did happen is. There used to be a chat line with a premium number. It wasn't expensive, but it was where people could talk to each other and date. So it wasn't um, like an adult premium tape recorder or any kind of stuff like that. It was actually um, people talking to each other and like leaving a leaving a little voice message of who they are and what they're looking for and. So yeah, it was it was quite cool. Anyway, on New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety nine, going into two thousand, no, going into two thousand, the network, the phone network, frazzled, which meant we could make free calls to premium numbers 
because back then most people wouldn't pay as you go. It was very much more pay as you go than contract, or, you know, and it was it was very different back then. It was you'd have to go to, well, you could pretty much go anywhere and get a a pay as you go card and scratch it off, and then you have to. I think you needed to put type the number into the or the password on the scratch card into your phone. You get ten pound credit or whatever you paid for. So for about a week, maybe two weeks, there is, you could phone free. So I spent quite a lot of time on this chat line speaking to women and then getting their telephone numbers and then, you know, going from there. And the hardest bit about it was getting to know someone on the phone and liking them but then not knowing whether or not there'd be any physical chemistry I don't mean will she bring a chemistry set I'm talking about you know whether because there's more to it than just liking someone isn't there you've got to like how they smell but not consciously like how they, he or she, but not even consciously. It's like, because a lot of people wear perfume. It's like, oh, it's not that. It's how they, the person smells naturally that we pick up unconsciously that attracts us. So it's, that's why I think... um, And some people go on, they go, oh, I don't know what, why are men looking at my, my young daughter? She's only 19, 20. You shouldn't... You know what? Your daughter or your son, you know, either one, they're letting out hormones, smells that are being smelt by passers-by who then react automatically and have no control over how they feel. They have control over how they behave, but they don't have any control over how they feel. So if that person's attracted to that young man or that young lady, it's not their fault. It's nature doing its thing, nature. It just, we can't smell it. But we can smell it, you know, it's, I don't have hormones anymore, so I'm all right. So, you know, back then I was, what was I, 19, no, 29. And, uh, and she, so I met a few women on the phone, you know, talk to him on the phone. And the longer it went on, the harder it was to meet them. And I met, and we did on me, I met one, 
two, three, four. Four, four that I can remember. One, which is the weirdest one, is I'd only spoken to her on the phone a couple of times. And because I decided from then on, because of previous ones, I'm not going to have long conversations for weeks and weeks um, from previous. But, you know, I said, okay. I went to meet her and she was way too young. So I just ran back to the train and hid. It's just like, what on earth? She sounded about 90 on the phone, and she didn't tell me. She said, you know, she was old. She she lied about her age. So you think I'm not going to notice when I actually meet you? So, yeah, I kind of ran. And she came to the platform. She was, like, shouting. And I was literally hiding underneath the the seat. It's very scary. So I think that was the last time I ever... Like that period, ever met up with anyone apart from 2004? But yeah, I met her in a pub, so I knew that was going to be safe. And uh, but I met this, it was quite weird. Three, one, two. Three weird ones, not weird ones, but just three very strange situations. One who I'd been talking to for absolutely ages. I'm talking probably months, and eventually I went round her house or her flat after work. I finished work at, what, 2 o'clock, 2.30. I went round there. And it was it was it was nice, and then I left, and never saw her again. So I don't really know what happened there. And then another one, another later person, another one, another human. We've been talking for ages, really going well. It was just like really nice. Um, as all of them were, kind of really nice conversations. And she invited me up to her place. And I said, okay. And again, I think I went there after work again as well. Or maybe it was earlier, I don't know. But I went round and she, she let me in and she was... She left the front door open to come in, which was a bit worrying. So, oh, okay. And it was dimly lit, and she was standing there, and she had a, a rose between her teeth. Which I thought was a bit weird, and there was blood everywhere. It was like gums and a, a bleeding from all the thorns. No, they, they weren't. But she had a, a rose between her teeth and then she sort of handed it to me she laid down the bed which was like a a settee pull out thing in the living room 
She hardly said a word to me. And she she said, I'll go back in a second. She said, she said get yourself comfortable. So I did. Um, pulled out my deck chair. Put this suntan lotion on. You know, just have a nice book to read. Settled down on my sandals. I felt comfortable. And she said, she came back in and she was wearing her night clothes, nightgown or something. And she laid down and said, are you coming in bed? And I said, oh, okay. So I put down the book, drink a pop and... Uh, binoculars and I just uh, thought okay took off my straw hat my backpack emptied the sand out of the uh, socks and so I get into the bed it's a bed pull out bed thing I get in beside her And she kisses me. And she turns her back on me. And she's sort of laying there and I'm thinking, oh, so I, oh, maybe I'll take my socks off. So I'll take my socks off. And I'm talking to her. And I realise she's not replying. And I look over and she's fast asleep. Fast asleep. I mean, completely. I was like, what? Really? What was the point in that? She wasn't even going to talk to me. What was the point in me going around there to go to sleep? I have a bed. You know, I had somewhere to sleep. So I decided to stay there for the month. And uh, we got married. It was great. No, we didn't. And I laid there for hours thinking, she's gonna watch, she's joking around. She's gonna wake up in a minute. Nothing. And then about eight o'clock in the morning, bearing in mind it's probably only about four hours later. Four, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah, four or five hours. I didn't sleep at all, and she's still asleep. It's light outside, so I just get up, put my clothes on, pack up my deck chair and everything. And I still look at her, I say, are you joking me? Hello, hello. And so I didn't, didn't shake her, I didn't touch her, I didn't want to you know, disturb her if she really was asleep. 
But I was like, come on, really? So I just left. And I think I left a message saying, really? <laughs> and I went home. That was a re- this is such a pointless thing. And I, it's what weird because I used to talk to her for hours on the phone. But when she was with me, I guess the chemistry wasn't there. Or I just bored her into falling asleep. In fact, maybe that's what she used me for on the phone. Because perhaps, I don't know, did she ever say anything? I just talk. Huh. I don't offer that service now, though. I'll phone someone up. Yes, now I'm going to talk to you and send you to sleep. Listen to me, Blimmin' Podcast, if you want that. But I didn't have a podcast back then. So yeah, that was that was waste waste of time. And then there's another. There's another one after this one as well. There's another one. And she. I really liked her. I had to press pause then for a second. It sounded like someone was trying to break into the kitchen window. It's pigeons. Seriously, pigeons are trying to get into the kitchen window. And the kitchen window's closed. So I don't know how that works. I think it's because they live in the loft. They think they can just do what they want. As I said to them, you don't get to have your own key if you're not that if you're not back by three in the afternoon, you're gonna be locked out. And they said Do you realise that pigeons can't understand humans? I said, No, I didn't know that. He said, Yeah, so it doesn't there's no point in you talking to us because we don't know what you're saying I said well, all this time I've been talking to you you've got no idea what I'm saying he said yeah huh. so this girl this lady really got on well with her proper proper and she kept putting off me seeing her I really, really liked her. We got on so well. I even bought her a Valentine's present. Now the pigeons are winding me up that side of the house. Now in the back garden. Because it's like a wildlife program, this podcast, isn't it? Like you've got a ferret running around or you've got pigeons. 
What's next? I'll get myself an elephant. Might as well move to a tropical rainforest. Nothing to do with the podcast, I just quite like the idea of... Well, no, I don't. No. I saw the other day that due to the satellite technology now, they're discovering stuff from space that they didn't, they, whoever they are, didn't know about. They're discovering areas of land, areas of forest in... You know, various countries that never knew about. One was a, it's on top of this rock, but rock's not the right word. I mean, it's it's really high up, bit of land, but it's like flat. So it's kind of like a mountain, but then flat. If that makes sense. But not, I don't know how to explain it, but it was thousands of kilometres of trees. Like basically it's own a rainforest within the rainforest. But they didn't know about it until they discovered it on... I suppose you don't know anything about things until you discover them, do you? But uh, it was discovered via satellite microscope whatever from space so they're going to be looking in sort of looking into it because there may be different species that we've never seen before wow I might find some kind humans (laughs) I let me think. Right, here's another thing they found is because they're mapping the world, they're sort of they're watching all the time. There was these two islands that become one big island because of a volcano eruption in the sea, which is how all of the islands. Not the, I mean, it's how land is produced isn't it by volcanoes most fertile most fertile um, material in the world isn't it Uh, volcanic uh, land or ash or whatever the only thing more fertile than that is our minds Because whatever you plant, guess what? Whatever you sow does reap. Whatever you sow does reap. Not a big fan of the word reap for some reason, but whatever you, whatever seeds you plant will grow, positive or negative. Which is an it's an amazing thing, really. I believe that he's trying to turn into some kind of motivational guru. No, I'm not. I'm not. See, I study things. But I take, I look at things from a practical 
perspective and I cross-reference. So I look at things from, I can see things from a kind of a, a religious perspective, kind of, from a Christianity and from a Buddhist perspective. Don't know much about some of the other religions, but there's at least two that I do know about. And I was born into, you know, I, was, I lived with Catholic nuns for a couple of years, so even though I've kind of forgotten that whole thing, not forgotten it, but forgotten the the religious practices, I definitely have them built into me somewhere. Possibly the guilt. So I'm trying to get rid of guilt. So, and I look at it from a hypnotic perspective, psychological perspective, And some things tick the boxes. It just aligns. They all align. When something aligns with, let's say it's a motivational um, positivity uh, idea. And you see it actually aligns with mental health. Uh, It aligns with psychological counselling. Other things I've learned and hypnosis, start and therapy, and I start thinking, you know what? And then maybe with Buddhism and Christianity. I don't get into religion and stuff when I do recordings, um, but you know, my thing's more the hypnosis But when things align, and they kind of all sort of fondle each other I realised that I'm onto something so I'm not just taking someone else's word for it and I like to hear lots of different versions of the same things from different people so that I can or not monitor but think for myself because I think it's very important that we think for ourselves. And yeah, not we, but I think it's important that I think for myself. What other people do is up to them. I'm not I'm not in control of what anyone else does. It's none of my business. Anyway, think for yourself. If you noticed he hasn't said mmm at all during this recording, hasn't eaten anything. Hasn't chewed. He hasn't done any slapping. So yeah, I... What was I going to do? Yeah, so I met... In the end... I fell in love with this lady. From, uh, I got to talk to her and she sort of became... Almost like my best friend. Talked to her every night. I wanted to spend every minute with her on the phone I don't have that kind of feeling for people normally especially not people I meet in real life really liked her and we even sent each other mixed tapes that kind of stuff I mean I was I was like 29 years old but 
I think she was about 25, 26. Anyway, that didn't work out either. Eventually we did mate, but it was just really, really unusual circumstances that I wasn't prepared for. And it was just really strange, the whole thing. So my advice, unless of course you're in prison or something or you're, you, there's a reason why you can't meet the person, then of course you can't just meet them within a week if, you know, this, they might live on the other side of the world. But my advice, because, you know, I'm full of advice, me, expert on relationships, expert on ruining my own relationships no I'm not I it's best just to meet them straight away because you might not get on with them I mean you think about it I'd what oh god I think there's kids outside playing on skateboards now It's, uh, honestly, I really could make a lot more recordings if it was quieter. But even with the shed, it's not quiet. It's like a sauna in that shed. There's no air, but if there's air, if there was air there, then there'd be sound coming in. So it has to be locked tight, but still not soundproof. Um, but I, I could make if it was quiet or if I had a like a quiet place to go to every day I could make although it's easier to do it here because then I can just do it when I feel like it but I could I could do probably six recordings a day on different things. But it's just the, the background sounds, it distracts me a little bit. I mean, I've done hypnosis with people with an air display going on, like one-to-one, -one, and the person, it didn't even bother that person. And, you know, if... If you've listened to my hypnosis stuff and you, you like it, and it, you know, imagine how it, how much better it would be if it was actually in person. If I was sitting there talking to you and I was in the same room, the the effects would be way way more um, than listening for the first time. Well, wait, mate. Yeah, way more anyway, because imagine even if you listen regularly. If you was there listening to me in person, it would have a much bigger effect. So I think I used to literally practically knock people out with my voice in person. Just through complete boredom. I remember the, the lady who's in charge of the, the therapy center that I was renting the room for on a Saturday morning she said to me can you please stop saying hello and talking to 
don't don't talk to your clients until they get upstairs, especially not when they're on the stairs. I said, why not? She said, my insurance doesn't cover that. If they fall asleep on the stairs and fall down, that could be the ruining of me. Oh, okay, that's nice. Then there was another woman. Now this, this, I forget her name, she had dark hair, brown eyes. And she, I met her at a comedy club and she was dancing and I was like, she's lovely and she seemed to like me, which is nice. And I gave her my number and she called me. And she said, oh, you know, you're lovely and that, but I'm going to, I'm going away. I said, what? She said, yeah, I'm traveling away. I need to get away for a bit. So maybe she went to prison. I don't really don't know. Or rehab. Um, I think she might have been addicted to dancing. So I didn't see her for probably three months. I didn't hear from her. And then I forgot all about her, really. And out of the blue, phone call. Oh, is that, uh, is that Jason? And she didn't sound like that. So I just thought, oh, hello, who's that? It's Joe. Her name might have been Joe. I don't know. So we were talking on the phone. Again, wonderful. It, you know, it went from friendly to really friendly to romantic really quickly, but on the phone because she didn't live near me. So in the end, she phoned, she came and visited me. Yeah, she actually visited me in a car. She drove up and we sat there and nothing happened. And we were just talking and then she left. So I was like, oh. And we didn't get on as well in person as we did. We'd already met her before. And... So it wasn't like a blind date as such. And then we continued talking. And I went up to where she lived. Again, I can't remember where it was. It was a long way away. And I knew where she lived because I had her address and everything. So I thought I'd just, it was a Sunday. I thought I'd surprise her. I think surprise isn't the right word. And she reluctantly took me out because I'd come all that way. I mean, I, I kind of understood at the time, I didn't really think about it, but it was inconsiderate of her not to just be available for me 24 hours a day. 
Now, is it inconsiderate of me to just turn up? But that's what I did. And we got on, but then she sort of, at the same time, didn't seem to like me. <laughs> she went through little periods when she seemed to, then she didn't, and I didn't know. So I just... I think I, I know Andre comes to, what's he doing? What does he have to do, the really smelly ones right near my chair? I'm surprised he's not jumping up at me trying to get me to take him out. So eventually I left, you know, I didn't see her again. There was another one, but this one again was, yeah, it was the same thing. It was on the, I knew there was more. There was another one from, she lived in Birmingham. And she contacted me on this phone line thing in the January of that year uh, where we could get free calls. And I talked to her for a couple of months. And then I decided to surprise her. So I just turned up. I think it was on a Saturday. Or it might have been... Yeah, Friday, I don't know. It was sometime. It was a day. It was a day, whenever it was. Possibly a Sunday, but... Which isn't a good day to travel, really, so I don't know why. But Anyway, I travelled to Birmingham from London, so it's not a quick journey. I had to get a taxi... to where she lived. Because I've been phoning her and writing to her and stuff like that. And then, again, it was a little bit awkward. I don't think she told me that she had seven children. And they were a little bit troubled in the sense of vandalising the house opposite while I was there. You know, that kind of a little bit naughty. And I did, I really, I did fancy her actually. She looked, it might sound weird, but she looked like uh, Pamela Anderson. She's sort of, probably in a, an older version. Not older, but she was about 30, so I suppose Pamela was about 30 by then. But yeah, I. She, yeah, I, just, I really liked her, but then she had all these kids running around, and she, she didn't have her attention on me. But then she didn't know I was going to turn up. 
So I just thought, oh, I thought I'm gonna, I might, maybe I'll go. That's what I started thinking when she kept asking me when I'm going to leave. So I did, came back, didn't see her again. Actually, that's not totally true. What it is, is I did, I did want to see her. I said, oh, I do want to come and see you. And she said, wait, because I felt I might be going to prison next month. So I thought, oh, okay. And then I didn't hear anything from her after that. So is there anyone else that I... I remember one of my sales jobs, somebody, I think this, yeah, it's like a long, long, long time ago. This, this lady asked me for my number or something. So I kind of gave it to her on the phone. Not supposed to, but I did. And we got talking, and again, we got on really well. And she said, well, I want to know what you look like. I said, well, I don't have a camera on my phone, because this is back in the days when, you know, cameras didn't automatically, phones didn't automatically have cameras on them. So I went out and I bought a phone with a camera on it. Specifically, so I can send her a picture. And that's what I did. I sent a picture of me. And she texts back saying, no thanks. Oh, okay. So I just spent sort of 60, 70 pound on a phone which I didn't even I didn't even use that phone it was like a spare phone because I liked the one I had but the one I had didn't have a, a camera on it because we're talking 2002 seems weird isn't it that you, what do you mean a mobile phone without a camera no there was a time there was a time for for people that are you know, quite young. You may not believe this, but there was actually a time when mobile phones were phones. That's what they were used for. And then texting came in. So the phones were first, you know, just then... They had text in, then they had a, a thing called WAP, W-A-P, which was the mobile version of an internet. It was awful. It was really bad. But it was brilliant because we didn't know any, didn't have anything else. And then... We had cameras, I think, on the phone. Before that, we had phones that buzzed and vibrated. So they were cool. Because I worked for a mobile phone um, company selling contracts. So I managed to get a phone from them. But it didn't have a camera on it. 
that was in 2001 and phones changed then didn't they you had the, the, the Blackberry which was I had two Blackberries and I got my first one in 2007 and they were more for originally kind of for business people because you could send emails and stuff like that with them I just I liked them because they had a keyboard even though the keyboard was tiny I liked the Blackberry I don't know why it's something about it I liked and when that contract ran out in 2000 and Yeah, it was 2011. So it's probably I probably got the the mobile phone 2008. In 2011, the contract was out, or uh, I just decided to get a new phone. And I was with Orange, I think. And they said, "Oh, we've got a new one." It's but it was a an Android phone. I can't remember the make, but it was one, you know, touch screen. Never had a touch screen phone before. I thought, all right, I'll give that a go. Bloke, the bloke talked me into it. You're like, it's really good. It's the future. Mm. I said, but I like my Blackberry. Yeah, but this is cheaper. Okay, we'll have that then. Because there was a, there was a time because I was working self-employed. I was paying about £70 a month for my Blackberry, but it was unlimited calls pretty much to anywhere in Europe, you know. Uh, But it was definitely anywhere, any mobile phone, anywhere. Because, again, those are... Those that kind of have grown up with phones might not realise that in the early days you could you could have a free contract contract where you get uh, you could phone up landlines as part of the contract, but mobile numbers cost extra, or if you were doing it pay as you go. A landline might cost what ten pence a minute, but a mobile phone would be about forty or fifty pence for a minute. It weren't cheap, but then one to one came along and started offering. You know, you can phone anyone anywhere for a certain amount of money a month and you can keep the contract forever and ever and ever. And that kind of changed the whole environment, really. Changed the industry in this country. But anyway, I got this touchscreen telephone. I didn't like it. I touched it. I'm gonna start dancing around saying, "Can't touch this." I just, I did, I didn't like it. I was like, what? Well, this is rubbish. 
I sent it back. I said, nope, can I please have the new Blackberry? Thank you very much. Is it Blueberry? Blackberry? Blackberry. So that's what it did. Sent me Blackberry. And... Did that really happen? No, I th- I, th- I don't know. Th- I don't think I did get a new BlackBerry. I think what happened. Maybe that was two thousand nine. Oh, I'll get confused now. I definitely got one of those touchscreens. Didn't like it. Sent it back. But I got an iPhone, my first iPhone in 2011. The reason I remember that is because I used to make videos on it in my bathroom. Because I had an ensuite bathroom in this, like a room that I rented. It cost me £125 a week for a room and a toilet and a shower. No kitchen. The toilet didn't work for pretty much half the year. I was there and the shower kept leaking and breaking down. I think the lights stopped working as well at some point, but apart from that, it was good. And I used to use, it was a big room, and I used to have, I used to make videos on the iPhone. So a lot of my videos that were on YouTube were from that period. And I've also made videos in the therapy rooms as well. And then I got an Experian phone back in 2013, I think. 2014. Got an Experian. And no, I thought I've got, I'll get a Microsoft phone or a Google phone or something like that. And it just didn't work. It was rubbish. It was really, really rubbish. So I just had to just chuck that in the bin. Then I got uh, an Experian, which was supposed to be the best picture. Is it Sony Experian? Anyway, I got, it's supposed to be the best picture. Uh, on a camera, on a video. That's what I got it for. I actually bought the phone. It was... I can't remember how much it was, but it was expensive. And then I just... It stopped working. After... I had it about a year and a half. It just stopped... Kept cutting out. So I just gave up on it and... I got uh, another iPhone... So I had this, and now I'm on the third iPhone. I've actually got the other two iPhones still. So the original one. I don't know what happened to the Blackberry. I think I must have chucked that in the bin. 
they were lovely looking, really lovely, really just, yeah, lovely, but yeah, why am I talking about phones? Oh yeah, phones with camera, oh yeah, I remember the story now. No thanks. Anyway, that's it. That's the whole recording. So, uh, thanks for listening. Remember to be kind to yourself because you deserve to be happy. Lots of love. Bye.